Welcome to the special edition episode of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. This past Sunday, October 12th, we took part in the Pittsburgh Pod Races with fellow local podcast, The Nerd Exchange. Myself, Paul McGinty, Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Best Hair Casal. That's me. We all sat down in a debate-style format against Tim, Kyle, Dina, and Julia of the Nerd Exchange and Chithutu podcasts and debated who's better, DC or Marvel. We talked about a variety of subjects, movies, video games, comic books. Well, we talked about a variety of subjects. We talked about a variety of subjects. Nerd Exchange talked a lot about... The movies. In the movies. Oh, in the movies. No, but you know what? I, okay, you have to at least give it to them on this. They did talk about the movies. Oh, uh, burn, zinger! But again, we really appreciated hanging out with them, having the debate. Thank you again to Hack Pittsburgh, as well as Sean McGrath of Geek Eerie. The Geekery. Dot org. E R I E. Like Eerie. Geek Eerie. Dot org and find him on Twitter at the underscore geek eerie. He was a moderator and helped us out on this uh, debate style. Help the nerd exchange out too. <laughs> but yeah, we had a we had a blast. It was a lot of fun, and hopefully, we'll be looking to do some more things with uh, the nerd exchange in future episodes. So, Sean, the moderator, didn't declare a clear winner at the end of the debate. Just to be nice. But we want you, the McSauce fans, the unbiased fans, to listen to this debate and let us know who won. Did the Nerd Exchange get the best of us? Did we? Your loving, handsome, good hair-having podcast. Did we come out on top? Was it a tie? Was it a tie? No one likes a tie. NHL hates and, ties. And I also have no to say... Ties. Collectively, the McSauce comic book podcast has pretty amazing hair, especially <laughs> compared to the podcast that we debated last night. Two of four members, bald. Not a hard category to win, folks. So let us know, Facebook, Twitter. Let us know what you think about the episode, about the format, about who wins the podcast. Would you like to hear more debate-style podcast crossovers in the future, or do you just like us podcasting by ourselves? And without further ado, the first-ever Pittsburgh Pod Races. Yay. Hello. First off, kids, there is going to be adult language in this, so if you have little kids, send them out of the room, because it's going to get hot. Today, we are debating Marvel versus DC in the ultimate challenge of fandom. Dun, dun, dun. Pause the music. Okay, first of all, stop that. We got eight people here who got to talk. If anybody keeps doing that, we're going to be here for 16 hours. And the fellow who's nice enough to let us into the hat, Pittsburgh space, here in beautiful... Just outside of downtown Pittsburgh, he's going to get very annoyed with us. So, 
Now I'll actually record something that's going to go in. <coughs> We good? We good? We've been recording. Okay. I know we're recording, but we're going to cut all this out. Because we keep talking about turns. It's cracking the whip over there, man. Whoa. Do I raise my hand? or? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to pass them down the line. <clears throat> I don't know these people. <laughs> okay, everybody, take ten. Um, you need to raise your hand to Tim. You need to raise your hand to Tim when he passes the microphone like this. Oh, this was his planned fuckery? Okay. No, this isn't planned fuckery. This is why you're here. Okay. (laughs) Making sure. Welcome to Squirrel Herd. (laughs) Well, maybe if you used it properly. Anyway, (laughs) welcome to this double deluxe episode of the McSauce slash. Nerd Exchange Podcast. Uh, we have the great debate, Marvel versus DC. We also have a moderator for that debate. We call him the Squirrel Herder because sometimes we get squirrel. Okay, one guy left. I'm good, I'm good with that. Mr. Sean McGrath, he runs the Geekery in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is a geek-oriented literacy program. He is also a comic book writer. Some of his credits you might have heard of are Frater Mind, Isis, Rise of the Pink Ninjas, Infinitesimal Situation at the Ultimate Piggly Wiggly. Man, that's a long title. And Cthulhu vs. the Vikings, which we're still waiting on our review copy. Just for the record, so it's out there. Uh, He's also written a couple of e-books. One that's titled The Latter History and Subsequent Burning of Little Red Riding Hood. Which is Sounds very cheerful. That title is longer than the actual book. <laughs> <laughs> and Kick and Kill. He's also been uh, produced as a playwright. Uh, Giants in these days. Those days. Gesundheit. Your own writing, really? You know what? That's you see it happens. Uh, and hopscotch. So anyway, Mr. Sean McGrath, please take it away and uh, let people know, or I can really quick, what we're going to do. We're going to debate six different topics in relation to the uh, DC versus Marvel Universe, that being comics, video games, movies, animation, TV, and merchandising slash x We're going to start with comics, but first... If uh, you could please introduce the people who need to be introduced, please. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Okay, so tonight we have the two teams here. We have the team representing uh, Nerd Exchange of Western Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and we also have the team... Oh, and they're representing Marvel. And we also have the team representing DC, and that would be uh, Mick Sauce and Friends. Listen to that crowd. You're bad people and you don't know things. Um, Your mustache doth offend me. How dare you, sir? I will. I will I think my mustache is nice. So please. Okay. Um, leading the nerd exchange, we have uh, Tim Sedwick, who is an actor, a poet, a critic, and a super fan. Who, hey, you wrote this, don't even. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up and read the damn thing. <laughs> uh, who has studied theater, music, and creative writing at the institutions of Penn State, 
Iowa University and IUP. Um, he is a collector, an avid one. One might actually say rabid. I have seen it, and it is enormous. It's not fair that I didn't know it was going to be that kind of podcast. Debate over. And within his uh, collection of Doctor Who, Star Trek, Star Wars comics, role-playing games, and uh, more obscure media, in each of those he has invested more than a century of time, uh, which makes him the oldest person here, I suppose. Um, he's also the founder of the Nerd Exchange of Western Pennsylvania, and uh, is the co-host of their sporadic uh, podcast, which you can find at www.nerdexchange.net. Uh, no, the. And uh, Tim, if you'd like to tell us who's on your team tonight. Well, I will. Uh, right next to me is Mr. Kyle Fubar-Sember. He uh, runs Cthulhu. He is formerly a moderator of Fangoria's website or Facebook? Their forums. Other forums. I don't care who. Or like Anyway, that's what she said. Okay. Oh. I don't get it. Quit talking to my ex-wife. <laughs> so anyway, um, he also is one of the leading experts in Pittsburgh on uh, the Cthulhu Mythos and HP's Lovecraft in general and zombies. I'm getting to zombies. Sheesh. And all sorts of whatnot. He's also my co-host on our podcast and an all-around great guy. Right next to him, we have Dina, Dina Mazar, who is our uh, publicity media relations, the person who actually knows how to use. What's that? I don't really do anything. You're supposed to. She, okay. Well, she said she was going to do those things, but I guess she hasn't. But anyway, um, she is a Doctor Who super fan. And a, is looking to study film production and history. So she's going to be taking our movie section and kicking your butt with it. And right next to her is the producer of the Nerd Chain podcast, Ms. Julia Angler. She makes us sound palatable. I thought I told you to use my pseudonym. Which one? Which <laughs> one? I don't care. I don't care. Snarky wench. Down on the end here. There you go. Uh, and she's going to be taking on animation. <clears throat> and I'm doing comics and the TV, I believe. And Kyle is doing video games and merchandising slash X Factor. So on to the sauce. And on the other side of the room, uh, we have, starting off as the leader of Mixos, uh, we have... What? Are you kidding me? Oh! 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 I'm just the only one that prepared something for myself. Horseshit. <laughs> so, don't, so don't worry, we'll get to that. leadership quality. <laughs> okay, girls, you're both pretty. Um... Okay, so uh, Ian Sharpley, who was apparently prepared but is not actually a leader or something, something. I'm just meeting uh, the McSauce for the first time, and I am intrigued by the, uh, the clock that they have brought along with them, which is uh, awesome. Okay, uh, he is a loyal comic book reader for over 20-plus uh, years, and is the co-creator, writer, and illustrator for the McSauce webcomic series, uh, which is at uh, McSauce.com. That is correct. M-C-S-O-S-S. 
Yes, M C S O S S, not S A U C E. That's um. That takes that's us somewhere. Different different website that's, that's 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 <laughs> probably something about Big Macs or whatever. Okay, and he's the co-host of the weekly Mix Sauce comic book podcast. Ian, that is correct. Now, the actual host of the Mix Sauce comic book podcast, also co-creator at the end of the table in the Green Lantern shirt with the perfect hair, is the best illustrator of blurred penises in the Western area. That's true. <laughs> Our resident DC expert, Paul McGinty. Thank you. Leader Ian Sharpie. Why are you going to make a hair comment, man? Because he does have oh, perfect you a hair. Comment. The Optimus Prime to my Bumblebee, apparently. <laughs> and sandwiched in between us with even more perfect hair. Puffer! In the Killing jer- Joke t-shirt. The man who once said, we should do a podcast. Film aficionado. The real creator. (laughs) Yeah, right. Film aficionado, a man who wears his love of Star Wars on his sleeve. Ladies and gentlemen, Macasau. So, yeah, that's what we got. We're ready to do this DC Marvel thing. Okay, don't sing it. Bring it. So... (laughs) So we're gonna get started now. I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna jump into comics. But first of all, I want to say something. We have girls on our panel, so we should get two points off the bat, right? Diversity points. But we, we have two, a black guy. We got two That's girls true. spectating here. Spe- yeah, spectating like, don't don't into it. Well, we have groupies. I'm there from Trump's black guy. <laughs> <laughs> We have an occasional girl that's on the podcast. She couldn't make it. Columbus Day. Be sensitive. <laughs> um, does anyone have a gay uh, member on their yes. team? Yes. Well, Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I'm going to make a ruling on this one. Gay cancels boobs. So um, <laughs> no points for anyone. I knew you were good for something. I'll suck a dick for some points. <laughs> Say that again? I'll suck a dick for some points. I see you listen. <laughs> okay! <laughs> this is going exactly as I thought it would go. Uh, so, okay, so seriously. Alright, yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> seriously? Seriously. Seriously? This is really important. Okay, guys, because we're talking Marvel versus DC. Uh, the Studebaker versus the Maserati. Uh, because, uh, the I don't know anything about cars, so what to, is one better? Bad, but that's why I figured I could get away with it. You know what? I, I'm going to introduce this. <laughs> we are already having bias in this discussion. Okay, so the first topic of the conversation tonight is going to be uh, comics. Yeah. And we'll start with the Nerd Exchange. Uh, yeah. Tim apparently will be leading this, and he will have three <laughs> to five minutes to, um, to give his perspective on uh, Marvel and uh, how marvelous indeed they are. So, Tim... You. Okay, that's what I was going for. Uh, okay, so when I was going through this, you know, how do you quantify better or worse? Because end of the day, it kind of comes down to what characters do you like better, what stories do you like better. Your tastes aren't really negotiable, but there are some things you can quantify. And for me, there are three things. The first thing is uh, numbers, raw numbers. It's a comic book company. Who's better at being a comic book company? What do comic book companies do? They sell comic books. And if you look at the numbers that I got from uh, Chromacron, it's pretty much Marvel. I've got the numbers right here. I'm going to rattle them off real quick. Um, the last month that I could find, which was uh, August, 
on the on the thing. Okay, DC had 85 new comics. Marvel had 78. DC had 27 graphic novels. Marvel had 29. Okay, uh, their share of the overall units, Marvel plus three uh, percent. Overall dollars, Marvel plus six and a half percent. Items in the top 300, Marvel plus five percent. Shares of units in the top 300, Marvel plus six percent. Share of dollars in same, Marvel eleven percent. This is above DC, of course. Uh, and uh, in trade pad paperbacks, Marvel at eight percent. Okay, so simply put, just by the numbers. Marvel's a better comic book company because they sell, but but you can't just say that. You can't say, well, you know, this movie made three hundred million. This Michael Bay movie made three hundred million dollars. This uh, Fall in Our Stars only made one hundred fifty million dollars, so it's a better movie. You can't do that. That's not the totality of it. So my other two criteria are um, the cultural impact that the company's comics have had over the course of history, and storylines. Which storylines are better? Because both both uh, companies, you, we can both agree, we can all agree, have had some clunkers and have had some great ones. But I'm going to try to quantify why I think Marvels are a little better. First of all, cultural significance. Uh, first black superhero. First African-American superhero better put together and written female superheroes, especially back in the 60s and 70s, where DC had whatever male counterpart with a girl on it, which was basically the same character, but with boobs. Marvel had things like Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, even Sue Storm, for that matter, that were, uh, you know, even Mary Jane Watson, Gwen Stacy, had much better, uh, in my opinion... Uh, female characters. Uh, first gay character. First gay wedding. First, I mean, first, first, first. First drug story. The famous story where uh, the government went to Stan Lee and said, hey, everybody's reading your comic book. Can you do an anti-drug thing? It's like, well, we're not allowed to talk about drugs. And he said, well, we'd really like you to. So he did one, and the comics code wouldn't let him publish it. it said, no, you can't. Because you mentioned drugs. And he said, well, we're not telling them to do drugs. We're telling them not to do drugs. He said, no, you can't do it. So I went to his publisher and said, I don't want to do The government's telling me one thing. Our governing body is telling us another thing. What do I do? And his publisher, for his uh, for the record, said, screw him. Publish it anyway. And they just published three issues without the comics code. And because the world didn't collapse, you had uh, the great Neil Adams run of Green Arrow where Speedy became a junkie. And they were actually able to do it more. But guess what? Marvel did it first. If Marvel didn't do it first, DC wouldn't have had the balls, in my humble opinion, to do that. So I think that makes it more culturally relevant because, and we're going to get into this a lot with a lot of different things, about Marvel being more risk-taking, being more progressive, being more forward-thinking. And finally, for storylines, real quick, I'm going to bring up Civil War which is much maligned by a lot of people, and the difference between DC and Marvel. Civil War, for those of you who don't know out of the podcasting world, uh, is a story where the government is worried about uh, superheroes becoming terrorists, basically. So they say, you have to register with us. And half the people say, yeah, I'm on board, half don't. So there's a civil war within the, uh, within the superhero community. 
and it was a big wrong run, and for all of its flaws, and it did have flaws, that took something that was a fear in the real world, that being terrorism, and made a story about it. Whereas DC's uh, continuity changes and DC's storylines, the big ones tend to be, oh shit, we wrote ourselves into a quarter again, let's get rid of the entire universe and start over again. So that's why I think that Marvel Comics are better than DC Comics. Ian? Well, I, the point that you made about the market share, that's something that we can't really... Oh, is that... Uh-oh. <laughs> He's trying to leave that's the way. Yeah. <laughs> the market share is something that is undeniable. But that's not the, the... As you mentioned, it's not the totality of what makes a comic book company. The You mentioned diversity. There are a wide uh, variety of different books that you can go to in the DC universe that aren't, you know, aren't solely based on capes and tights and superpowers. You can look at all the different, um, all the different Vertigo titles that are highly acclaimed and award-winning that you can bring a, a non-comic book fan into the fold and have them, uh, have them become a comic book fan with those types of items. You, you mentioned, um, you know, the storylines. I think that DC has by far the more, um, the, the more resonating storylines with culture. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns is one that everybody can point to. Watchmen is another, uh, another instance of something that you can point to that is it's a solid story. Um, so uh, I, I, I feel like the iconic nature of... DC's heroes and the fact that they're the archetypes for all of the superhero genre is something that it's it's things that Marvel has copied here and there. It's something that sets DC apart from uh, from Marvel, and I think that uh, puts them at a level ahead. So, Matt, Tim, you said that um, Marvel owns the market share because they they sell more books. Uh, or will they make more money? But if you look at the cover price of comic books, they also sell their books for three ninety nine a pop, whereas half of DC's books are still at two ninety nine. Um, so that's going to have some sway on on your overall like final bottom line. Um, it's, now it's units too. But... <laughs> <laughs> deduct a point. <laughs> so, um, so I think that that levels the uh, the playing ground a little bit. Also, you know, there's no denying that Marvel has led the way in uh, some firsts in the comic book world. But you know, let's let's not forget what DC did, and that is introduce the first mainstream superhero to uh, the comic book world, and then they built on, uh, you know, Superman with characters like Batman that still uh, stand today, 75 years later. Um, You know, and then you went on to name, like, the diversity amongst female characters, like Mary Jane Watson, which, I mean, yeah, she's a good character, but, you know, DC has Lois Lane, um, but that hardly, I think, quantifies any sense of diversity in, uh, in comic books. Um, 
And then I just want to piggyback what, what Ian said as far as um, the, the, culture, the culturally relevant of uh, certain storylines like Civil War. I think DC trumps that, uh, like he said, with Watchmen, The Dark Knight, V for Vendetta. Um, and these have all, again, withstood the test of time and have been around for decades and decades now, whereas Civil War isn't even 10 years old. And frankly didn't even have a quality ending. It just kind of fizzled and stopped. Um, so if Civil War is the best uh, of the impactful storylines that Marvel has to compete with DC, I don't think that they actually have much. Paul? Let's wrap this business up. <laughs> if... <clears throat> What's going on with that? Thing? I have no idea. It's on. It's, it's on. Uh, it's on silent. I have no idea why this is doing that. Both companies have done a lot of great things over the years, stretching back from you know DC's business from through the 30s and 40s, you know Marvel's inception in the 60s up to what they're doing now. Marvel owns the greater share of the market they have for a long time, but the the big difference right now. In the companies, you know, we're not debating who was better in the 70s, you know, who had more black characters. We're debating which is the better company now. And DC has more iconic stories. Marvel may have presently more iconic characters, but only because of how well the movies are doing. And Marvel is a slave to their movies now. They say all the time, oh, this we're changing. We're going to make Thor a woman, and we're diverse. Right up until the next Thor movie comes out, whenever Thor's going to be Thor again. All right, I kind of see what you're saying, except the movies are a medium that speaks to I'm sorry, just one, please. Were you finished? No. Just one, please. So Marvel's, aside from missteps like that, Marvel's, Marvel's role over the market share has made them lazy. You know, DC has rebooted their entire universe a couple times. Marvel's rebooting a book every couple weeks now. Because they see that number one, and they're like, oh, shit. Number one, we're going to sell some shit. Let's just get it rebooted. Fuck, you know, whatever we were doing. We're just going to have a soft reboot. But they never, they'll come out and say, we don't do reboots. We don't, you know, change the entire universe. But they do it in a much subtler way every week. And, you know, I think Marvel could do for a fall in market share. I think it was good that DC knocked them out a couple years ago with the launch of the new 52 because it made Marvel kind of wake up and say, hey, maybe we need to start stepping up our game a little bit more. Okay. Um, rebuttal? rebuttal? Yeah. Can you see my recommendation for this one? Come on, just rebuttal as far as movies go. Movies are the only medium that actually kind of speaks to everybody, whether you're into comic books, books, TV shows, animation. Movies usually the one thing that people will actually spend money for to see. So... I mean, if they're a slave to their movies, that's kind of okay because that's what's going to reach the biggest audience. That's going to reach the people that are either that are just kind of into them as a concept. That's going to reach the people that, you know, they like them but don't necessarily want to actually spend the money to go read the comic books and figure out what they're all about in depth. It's the easiest, you know, it's easier, it's more convenient, it's fun going to the movies, actually getting popcorn, getting together for a couple hours. It's a social outing sort of thing. So that's the biggest outreach to audiences. So how is that a bad thing? I'm sure we'll get into that when we get to the movies too. So, New 52. Crisis on Infinite Earths. 
Did it happen? Did it not happen? Have DC figured out what they're doing with the New 52? No, they haven't. Marvel may come up with a new issue number one every couple of years, but they're not rebooting their entire universe. They're not screwing around with continuity. DC aborts their entire legacy, which was the main thing they had, legacy, for decades, in favor of doing something new and fresh, which they can't even plan out well. I'm sorry. Point. That's subjective. Okay, and here's my final rebuttal to your rebuttal, of his rebuttal. (laughs) That's a lot of rebuttal. Okay, Uh, Vertigo isn't DC. DC isn't Vertigo. They only matched up in New 52, and that's... Oh, shit! But are we talking about comic book company? No, 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 no. (laughs) Sorry, okay. Uh, To bring up Lois Lane... Uh, versus Mary Jane Watson. My point is, when you look at how the characters are actually written as actual human beings that might be in these situations, even if they have superpowers, that's what Marvel is better at. That's the point I was trying to make with that. Perhaps I wasn't uh, entirely clear. And Civil War I only broke up, brought up as a, an instance of the difference between doing a story that has uh, something to do with the real world as opposed to the universe is ending! And it talk about starting new number ones to get more money. There you go. Um, but to your point and about DC and Vertigo, they are the same company. We're talking about these companies as a whole. Just like we're rolling in all, and when we get to the movies, we're rolling in all of the Marvel products, all of the Marvel films that ever existed. As, as, as much as Watchmen and Beat for Vendetta and everything else that Alan Ward did and everything else that Frank Miller did, yeah, those were iconic things that lasted four issues and you still talk about them. So you might complain that, oh no, they're doing soft reboots every once in a while to evolve the universe, to expand the universe, not completely destroy it. And which which I think makes it, especially if you want to talk about people getting into comics. So I remember when I was a kid, once I figured out that all these comics I were buying didn't connect. There was actually like six different universes. And my little six-year-old self said, well, heck with that. Oh, look, Spider-Man's consistent and has actual human characters that I can relate to. Just like, uh, that's one thing about DC's characters, too, is that they all have the gleam on their teeth. You know what I mean? They're all heroes. And just recently, just recently, did they start with the new 52 to be like, huh, why don't we make some of these characters flawed? Why don't we make them a little more human? Whereas Marvel's been doing that all along, which is why I think Marvel's better. Um, this is your final statement, and uh, we're going to have more change of rules after that. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the DC characters do have gleam on their teeth, because the heroes are heroes, and the villains are villains. And a lot of people want to see that kind of stuff. They don't want to have the gray area. They want to. They want their heroes to be the good guys and not. Marvel has been heroes fighting heroes for ten years now. They they want to see the Joker and know that he's instantly bad. Not take a look at some of the the villains that populate the Marvel universe. Not really be sure. I don't know. Are they a good guy? Villains in the Marvel universe. Every X Men villain has been an X Men hero at some point, and that 
you know, for a six-year-old, might get confusing, or even 35-year-old. Let's have my heroes be my heroes. I look at the Superman logo, and I know that that's a good guy, and people want that. Okay, that's... Okay, we're going to um, tie up comics right now, and... Oh, is it? didn't make a robot yet. Um, we're going to call that too late. Uh, <laughs> um, so we can move on. Uh, how about this? She's further away from everybody else. In, uh, how about in... When we come to the final statements for each team, um, there can be a maximum of two interruptions during the summary... So that way it's more of a conversation than actually just going back and forth and not having to do a real-time conversation. So everyone gets to have their initial statement, rebuttals, going back, uh, having uh, the restatement up to two interruptions on the other side, final statement up to two interruptions on the other side. Okay. okay. Sounds fair. More conversant. Okay. So that was comments. Uh, the next topic is video games, and uh, we will start with the mixoff side for that. You want to do so <clears throat> I think that uh, especially given the recent history of video games that DC has had undeniably the best video games um, and I'll go straight to it we could talk about the Arkham Asylum series it's been three games going strong now the second one, Arkham City, was nominated as – no, it wasn't nominated. It was the Metacritic Game Winner of the Year, um, and it received a 93.88%, and that is uh, the, the average of all review scores um, accumulated and then averaged out. Um, DC also takes chances with their video games. Um, I feel like there is a wide diversity of game styles. Um, so if you like MMOs, you have DC uh, Universe Online. Um, if you like uh, fighting games, you have Injustice, um, the, the fighting game brought to you by Netherworld Realms, the creators of Mortal Kombat, which... Uh, was kind of the successor to the also popular Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Um, you also have games like Lego Batman, which came out, I think that was about the third or fourth iteration of the Lego games after Star Wars and Indiana Jones, but the Batman game was the first one to actually have an original story, which since then has been the running theme through all the widely popular Lego games. Um, a brand that, since that Batman game, has just taken off into other medium, like toys uh, and film. If you look at the film itself, Batman is essentially the main um, existing character. And then, of course, you have games, recent games like DC Scribblenauts, which is... Um, about as diverse as it gets. It's, it's an eclectic mix of adventure and creativity, and there really isn't anything like it outside of regular Scribblenauts, but it's really kind of cool to incorporate all the DC characters and themes in a game where if you can think it and you write down the most obscure thing, it'll actually pop up on screen. So Marvel has uh, nothing quite like that. Uh, I know that, that Marvel has games like 
um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance from maybe about five or six years ago, which to me was nothing more than a derivative copy of Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance for the PlayStation 2. Um, I know that it has uh, the the Marvel Infinity, which just came out a few weeks ago, which, again, piggybacks the existing Infinity games, which, again, is nothing more than a copy of Skylanders. Um, you know, maybe the best Marvel game goes back about 15 years ago, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. But we're talking about a game that goes back 15 years, um, and it also piggybacks the characters already created by Capcom. Um, and, and it's just a fighting game. So, uh, if you can, if you can outdo what DC has done, especially given the Arkham Asylum game, which is now setting the standard for the, the latest, most popular and most well-reviewed video games, uh, like Shadows of Mordor, which is heavily influenced by the Arkham Asylum games, uh, which also got a 9.3 on IGN a couple weeks ago. Um, I'd like to see Marvel try to top that. Okay. Can we ask first? Can we ask first? Yeah, I really I have nothing on video games. All I know is uh, DC's Injustice Gods Amongst Us put out a web update that completely fucking broke my Kindle, which is now <laughs> So, oh, oh my god. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. So I should have an iPad. Oh! Yeah, I was working off of the original Kindle from like two years ago. The warranty had expired six months ago, and then all of a sudden this thing kept trying to update. I didn't even know you could play it on that. Yeah, it worked wonderfully before the web update, and then all of a sudden, it just wouldn't even let me connect to the internet anymore. So, thank you very much for updating your shit. So, DC was the reason you had to spend the X hundred amount of dollars on a better tablet. You said it, iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Cross-talking people, (laughs) cross-talking. Where do we begin? Video okay. games. First of all, <laughs> Arkham Origins. Buggy out of the gate from day one to the point where it was a game breaker and a piece of garbage. So, Arkham. First two games, absolutely awesome. No argument. I can. I play them. I love them. Not a franchise. Dead in the water. But it is a franchise. The next one will <laughs> Three be of them. Four of them. In my prediction. On top of that, Disney Infinity already a smash hit. Those Venom figures in the stores are going for four times the price on eBay because people want them so bad. Disney Infinity itself was a smash hit. The way that Disney merchandises stuff and like makes things collectibles, combining that with the Marvel brand is nothing but a golden decision. It's only going to get better from here on out for Marvel video games. And Marvel Heroes, yeah, it's a bit of a Diablo throwback, but guess what? 
I was checking the numbers on Steam this week. Four times the players of DC Universe online consistently every single day this week. So DC Universe online, not all that big. Um, I didn't get my thing. Just real quick, uh, Superman 64. Um, other than that, the only thing I know about video games is Pitfall is really cool. That's the last one I actually played on purpose. Sorry, 2600! Woo! Woo! <laughs> uh, mix odds? So, four successful games. <coughs> that's that's not a franchise. How many games they have inspired do you need? a whole no, no, line no, no, of action figures? Two no, no, no. There's been there's been three Arkham games, and and, there, three and, were there's, and there's going to be a fourth one coming out. Right, and it'll be huge. Yeah. So that that's not a franchise. We don't count that as a franchise. That critically acclaimed, financially successful. I think that that's a franchise, but that's just me. Now you did mention the Infinity games, and those look pretty cool. They look fun. Something for kids to enjoy. But that seems like that's the only game that you you mentioned. Did they do they have any other games? Did Marvel ever make any other video games that anybody cared about except for Marvel Capcom Two? <coughs> I think I think that's I think that what was that? Infinity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Infinity again. I mean, that's that's the one game that they have. Isn't that a kids game? I think it is. Yes, it's for children. There, there are a whole hub. So are comic books. And that's, and that's fine, but... <laughs> no, I'm using my one interruption here. No, that's okay. You can't. It's not interruption time. It, no, it, it's okay. <laughs> I like interruption time. I like back and forth conversation. <laughs> but yeah, it, um, comic books are for kids, but they're also for adults. And you don't have to dumb things down to make them super kitty just for the sake of... Just for the sake of putting something out there. Matt was able to list off a whole host of different video games that DC has put out there. They also, I did. I, I think you mentioned the Marvel vs. DC uh, or the uh, Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe game that was out there. And you may roll your eyes, but it received positive reviews. And it's another video game that's out there that DC brought to the forefront. What has Marvel done? They have movie rehashes that are all half-baked and kind of crappy. They have... I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, X-Men, There are there any X-Men games out there? Are there any good that anybody has ever played? The Sega one from back in the day. I'm bringing up all these video games that you, you just skipped over. There aren't any that Marvel has. Uh, I'm going to interrupt here for a second. Um, Marvel Team, what about uh, the Marvel iteration of Lego? Uh, something to think about. You're the moderator. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, I know, and, but is this rigged or what? <laughs> and that's okay, but again, a running theme of what Marvel does is that's, that's another copy of a copy of a copy, but that's what Marvel does, and it's successful, so that's okay. Yeah. Actually, Actually, I'm what I'm asking sure is, does anyone have any experience? What I'm asking is, does anyone have any experience playing that? Have you ever played? No. no. Marvel, Le- Lego Marvel? Um, actually, I believe it's uh, Matt's turn to make a point. Well, what was your question? About Lego Marvel Superheroes. I, I tried the demo. Okay. I own that game. Pretty good. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, I don't like the... I don't get into the Lego games to begin with, but... Because um, you're a serious... Adult. I'm a serious <laughs> video game player. Um, I, I wouldn't say... I don't know what the sales numbers are on Marvel Disney Infinity... Um, but I was at GameStop 
uh, about two weeks ago. No, no, not even. I was there a week and a half ago. Um, and I was speaking with the, the sales manager there and I was asking him, how has Disney infinity been selling? And he told me that it's, it's okay. You know, they're not flying off the shelves. He said that Skylanders is routinely destroying it just like it did Disney infinity. And we said, well, you know, maybe, maybe it'll pick up once they do star Wars. But as of right now to call it a smash hit based on what he was telling me, Maybe, maybe it is, but Skylanders outsells it regularly. Um, so, uh, and, and then to your point that um, Arkham Origins was buggy, I own it, I've played it, it's not buggy. Uh, it's, it's more of the same, but it is actually a really quality game, and it has the best setting, in my opinion, out of the three. Um, and and just to, to counter your point, I guess it was, that um, that it's not a franchise. There's a fourth one coming, and and it's also going to be made by the same studio that made the first two. So for you to say that you think it's going to be a failure, I have no idea where you're getting that from. Um, maybe you want it to be, but it won't be. Paul, do you have anything? Here, here. I do not. Uh, I'd just like to make one point. I think it's funny that in the last segment, Ian talked about how the DC characters and the comic books were better because kids could relate to them, but in the video games, Marvel is worse because that game's for little kids. I just want to point out the difference. Everyone can relate to them. Kids, teens, adults, everyone. Anyway, so, ladies and gentlemen, anything else? Can I it? No? Anything over here? Final words? Do you want to make a final thing? Or make a point? Do you want to work for the I played like Tony Hawk and Hack, so not really. Yeah. You got me for those two, actually. You also have Superman for Commodore 64 to answer for, so... Well, sure. DC has a, a bunch of DC certainly had a bunch of bad games, but that's all. That's all. But they're putting the games out there. Thank you. Um, okay, and the next topic is going to be uh, uh, movies, which I'm sure everyone has probably consumed again and again. Uh, so this should be the interesting part of the debate. Okay, uh, we're going to start with the Nerd Exchange, and who's leading on this one? All right. All right, so as far as movies go, I'm going to say that Marvel has, and it has been this way ahead of the curve for a long time. I mean, you've had the, I mean, I, as far as I've been doing research, there's still been, I mean, even successful trinities that I didn't even realize were even a part of Marvel, like you have Blade, Kick-Ass, um, X-Men back in 2002, Spider-Man when that came out was enormous, not to mention, you had the, um, as far as the DC side of it goes, I mean, you had the Tim Burton Batman back in 89, which was, yeah, it was really good, and then by the time it got the George Clooney version with Bat Nipples, it kind of became just a joke, <laughs> as far as anything, <laughs> it just kind of became a joke and nobody took it serious anymore, so then in the meantime, Marvel was kind of getting their shit together, and, um, when Spider-Man came out in 2002, that was enormous. And then by the time DC actually kind of decided, hey, maybe a reboot's kind of not a bad idea. Let's try to bring this stuff back to light. And they, you know, they came out with Batman Begins. Now, they came out with Batman Begins in 2005. 2005 is when they started this shit. So in the meantime, 
Marvel had another three years before they actually introduced Iron Man, which was enormous, okay? So they had Iron Man, the Hulk, Captain America, Thor, and in the same year that DC actually released their tri- the final stages of their trilogy, which I fell asleep with, by the way. I fell asleep in the theater during The Dark Knight Rises. Um, was the same year that The Avengers came out, which was the third highest grossing movie of all time. Um, Marvel also likes to to take chances in their innovation, um, their whole universes, instead of just crossing together one superhero. No, Batman and Superman can never meet. I mean, they'll actually, you know, just forming the Avengers with multi-universes, where they're going with that, um, was just largely innovative. And then they, you know, even past there, taking a step to Guardians of the Galaxy, being more geared towards adults, expanding their universe into almost a multiverse, where they can have all of those less, um, and then other chances just with different franchises like Dark Pole's going to be getting his own solo movie. Um, as a movie buff, my favorite thing with the, with the Marvel movies, what actually drives me to them, I think the movies are easier to connect with. I think the characters are easier to connect with. Like, um, I mean, I remember whenever Guardians of the Galaxy came out, Tim, you were telling me that, like something along the lines of you'll feel more than a talking ra- you'll feel more for a talking raccoon and talking tree than you'll feel for anything in your entire life. That is so fucking true. Like I laughed my ass off in that movie. I cried. Like I've never been so emotionally involved with the movie that I have. You know, with Marvel, with Guardians of the Galaxy, with the Avengers, it's just their characters seem easier to reach because they're not spending time on what their particular style is. It's almost more of how can how can people relate to this. And um, as far as yeah, as far as actual movies go, like I said, they've had more successful franchises. Marvel has had a bigger picture in mind since the start of 2008. They've been working on it since Iron Man um, up through the Avengers, which was entirely innovative to bring all those characters together in one movie, which they continue to expand and expand. And in the meantime, DC's pretty much just been working with Batman. I mean, and now that they've actually finished their tr- their trilogy, they have a new one coming out where they're finally catching on to, maybe we should bring these universes together and try to actually mix characters with their Batman and Superman. And the original Batman, at least in the, in the fucking reboot, Christian Bale opted out of it. Like, so what does that say for DC? Less so. Ooh! She said fuck. Uh, Sorry, I got a body mouth. Um, okay, so the, the last point you made is incorrect. Christian Bale said that he was interested in reprising the Batman role. So. Why do they keep changing it? I mean, I'm genuinely curious. Why do they keep changing it? Where are they going with it? Why is who changing what? Why are why they is changing DC Batman? Changing it? Why is it going from why is it not no one's Batman? I, I don't. I don't know. Just like the comics. Yeah. Uh, their turn, please. Sorry. Okay. okay. So hold on. Hold on to it. I I think that on the surface it might seem like Marvel wins this category hands down, but um, all you did was kind of rattle off all the different movies that the companies have come out with, but I mean. I could do that for DC, and maybe I will. But the the difference also is that the DC movies are almost more films, and they're more artistic versus Marvel's popcorn movies. Marvel's movies tend to share the same overall tone. They're all kind of geared toward the exact same PG-13 sort of 
audience, maybe geared a little more toward kids. Um, and uh, DC movies don't cater to that exactly. You know, the Dark Knight trilogy was certainly not geared toward 12-year-olds. It was geared toward um, maybe a more refined audience. Um, and they, they also have a much larger diversity amongst their movies. You can get wow. things like Road to Perdition. Marvel has nothing like that at all. Um, Oscar-nominated acting performances by Tom Hanks in that. Um, you have movies like Watchmen, which were, until the ending at least, incredibly faithful translations of the book. Um, like I said, the Dark Knight trilogy. Again, you have Oscar-winning performances and Heath Ledger in there. Um, and also, the, the Dark Knight is probably the most well-reviewed superhero movie of all time. Uh, the Man of Steel, it's a polarizing movie, but for those that love it, it's very beautifully and artistically shot. Um, it tackles some pretty heavy themes that have never really been addressed in Superman before as far as uh, an outsider fitting in. Um, maybe themes that Marvel movies kind of gloss over. Uh, then you also brought up all the Marvel movies of the last 16, 17 years, starting with X-Men in 2000. I guess that would be 14 years. but Or Blade. Blade was 1998. Um, but if you want to go back even further than that, um, DC's been doing it since, what, 1978 and with the original Superman, which many people still consider that to be the best superhero movie ever. Um, I think that it does show its age a bit. However, I also think that it holds up pretty well. Uh, Superman 2, arguably better than the first one. You have 1989's Batman. Um, Batman Returns, more great creative uh, interpretations of the characters, which transcended the film. Uh, and the Penguin, uh, the Penguin retained that look for the, for the Bruce Timm animated series. Um, you have more... Uh, culturally relevant themes and uh, political themes in movies like V for Vendetta. Again, Marvel has nothing like that. Um, DC also tackles horror with movies like Constantine. Um, also a theme that kind of res or that, that sort of weaves throughout all the Marvel movies is their villains suck. They don't spend any time developing villains for the most part in many of their movies. I will concede the Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, Magneto. Magneto. After that, Loki. After, Loki. after that, Loki is gray area. Gray area. Like Magneto. Um, Loki, or the, the Marvel movies just don't develop villains. Like Ronan barely developed in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Ma Mal Malekith in Thor the Dark World barely developed. You never have this struggle of good versus evil. You never have a real threat or counterbalance to your hero. It's just the hero cracking wise for an hour and a half and then you go home happy. Um, you gotta wrap it up, son. Also, the last point that I'd like to make is that um, DC uh, movies have memorable soundtracks. They give you 
memorable themes, uh, themes like the Superman theme. You can make faces, but it's true. The Superman no, theme. Sorry. The Superman theme, the Batman theme. Marvel movies have none. In fact, I actually challenge you to hum for me the theme to Avengers when we come back. The, the greatest superhero movie ever. What, what is the soundtrack? It's, it, Marvel makes like two-thirds of a movie. They just don't put any effort sorry, into their music. That is not it. That's not a, a sound score. That's just a collection of songs that have no, already that's existed. That's what the definition of a soundtrack is. Yeah. We're talking about a score. Skipper. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Grammar police, what I was speaking of is the musical score. Wait a second. I thought we had the grammar police. And time. And time. Okay. Learn uh, exchange responses. This is not interruption time. Not yet. Okay. Um, I'll tell you when it is. Okay. Dark Knight Rises. I was in the Dark Knight Rises, and that was a piece of shit. <laughs> First of all, uh, here's the thing with Marvel films versus DC films. And I'm not saying that your points are invalid, because it's true. The score is it's better. I mean, come on. The Superman theme, you can't argue that. But when you talk all in all about taking risks and thus uh, uh, expanding the, the brand, as the kids say, on the social media, Marvel takes more risks than DC has in the past 50 years, and here's why. Where is the fucking Wonder Woman movie? Why do we have a talking raccoon movie before we have a Wonder Woman movie? Because Marvel, uh, uh, rather DC slash Warner Brothers, is so scared that they're going to have another Green Lantern on their hands that until they have something that they know is definitely going to make at least $800 million, which Man of Steel didn't, so they were pissed about that, they want just now, just now, Ten years after Marvel started its combined movie universe, they're finally going to have one. Because they will have, by that point, hopefully, at least a Man of Steel 2 and a Wonder Woman or Aquaman or a Soul of Batman in development. So taking risks is a big deal in expanding franchise. You could say, well, they're just popcorn movies. Although, again, in a previous point, you know, you say, well, it doesn't matter what it made or what the critics say, but in this case it does. Yeah. Uh, I never said said anything matter what the critics say. Actually, that's an important thing. Um, Wait, moment, please. So, uh, also, and this thing, Superman in 78, that was a big deal. That was a huge deal. But the fact is, if you invent the Model T and keep it the Model T for 20 years and finally, finally get to the point where you're finally making an Etzel, you can't say it's better than the... Ford, because that's what Marvel was when they started in 61 with Fantastic Four and all that, a Ford, which is now a Mustang. There. That's my, that's my metaphor for it. I hate all these car things. <laughs> Dude, don't listen to me. He doesn't know shit about cars. <laughs> 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 what's the tell him that? Can you that thing with the wheels and the pedals? And the brew. Yeah. We were talking about Mustangs. (laughs) (laughs) Who makes the better Mustang? Marvel or DC? So, Marvel vs. DC films. Let's see. Superman 3. Superman 4. Superman Returns. 
how polarizing Man of Steel has been and how much of a piece of garbage that film is. Steel? <laughs> Just throwing all those out there. Um, how polarizing uh, Dark Knight Rises was. How polarizing Watchmen was. Let's face it. One company has their film universe together and it's not the film universe that has the bat and the opposing Man of Steel. There's only one Man of Steel and that kind of steals like Ladies. See, as far as Batman goes, I really think that, I mean, it's like since the 90s, it's been Batman, Batman, Batman. It feels like they're beating that horse for a fucking, for a while. There's only so many things that they can do with it before it actually gets so watered down that it ceases to be good. Marvel, they're working with so many different characters and they're expanding their universe so much that there's no where they can build it up. And one of the other things that Marvel is definitely doing is they are not making a series of movies where we're going to have this trilogy, we're going to have this trilogy, they're going to be disconnected. Maybe we'll bring them together later. Okay, maybe we'll find somebody that can be Wonder Woman. Okay, let's find this little really cute girl to play this role. Okay, we'll put her in the costume. The costume will do the acting. They have, like, Marvel is definitely working with people who are capable, even if you don't know their names yet, they are capable actors, they are strong on the screen. If they're the one that is giving the line, their presence is known. DC, they're working with people that may or may not fit that uh, persona. However, their names are recognized, so they will sell tickets anyways. Um, and on top of that, you've got all the other little movies that they're doing, and I say little in the sense of, you know, Watchmen, as good as it was, has nothing to do with anything else in their franchise. Um, Constantine, never going to tie into anything else in their franchise. They've got everything they have that could be possibly solid, and they just make it a little standalone thing that has nothing to do with the DC universe within the films, whereas Marvel takes everything that they do and work it together, even if it's with, with a slight off-shot idea. They still manage to tie it together, so it gives you the incentive to care about the greater picture and everything that they're telling you about, as opposed to the things they're telling you about in the series of three movies done. Lovely. Summary statement? Oh. I am Groot. <laughs> and one last point real quick. Uh, you talk about Constantine, you talk about these other movies, these Alan Moore projects. Alan Moore thinks so little of WB and the studios that are making the movies that he's taken his name off of all of them ever since after uh, Leave Extraordinary Gentleman. In fact, he doesn't even take any money for him. The money all goes to the artist of the thing. Oh, does, but, does that mean that those things were never created? I got, I got this. Okay. I got this. Uh, this is the time we can have interruptions on okay. the other side, so feel free to keep Yay! <laughs> Reasonably. Well, I, I, would like, I would like some time to speak without interruption. Can you all that? So, Alan, yeah, Alan Moore doesn't want anything to do with his movies. But no matter what company he made shit for, if the little fucking... Italy indie studio he did something for had enough money to make a movie he still he'd still take his name off of it if he did all that stuff for Marvel it'd feel the same way because he believes the shit he writes is unfilmable it doesn't matter who the publisher was it just so happened that all the shit that gets filmed is by DC well then don't bring him up as an example of we have to because those are, are those are 
Those his, are DC well, bringing his works up. And we're not bringing, we not we said to bring the movie, we didn't say Alan Moore's V for right. Vendetta. We didn't bring up Alan Moore. I mean, you those did. are DC properties. Those count. Yeah, but he wrote the stories. I'm just saying it's indicative of how the quality of them, if the person that wrote them doesn't want to have anything to do with them. Whether it's because they're unfilmable or because they just filmed them poorly, I'm just saying it supports our point. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, all right, so I just want to speak from a personal standpoint that um, through a lot of the Marvel, or a lot of the... One of the DC movies, I mean, I've watched, I mean, I was blown away by The Dark Knight. I loved watching I thought they were great. A lot of the other ones, personally, the way they speak to me, the way that the movies I could connect with, um, I fell asleep through a lot of the DC movies. Now, the Marvel ones, on the other hand, it was kind of like, especially once you got through Iron Man, The Avengers, um, especially Guardians, which did this remarkably well, is where it personally, it personally took you on an, immersion, on an emotional journey. And so Man of Steel took me on an emotional journey. So those two points cancel each other out. I thought that it would be. I'm going to give you that. I didn't make it all the way through that movie, but from what I've seen, it was a lot. You need a Red Bull. She was mad, too. So, speaking to... DC. We're hearing a lot from the nerd exchange tonight. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Okay, you ahead. No, no, go ahead. I want to hear it. Okay. Man of Steel. Is this going to be subjective? Can you really defend it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a whole other I think it's a great though. movie. I think that'll take up too much time. Yeah. Okay, so... Well, Kyle said that it's a piece of shit earlier. You don't That's a whole other podcast. If we get into... Just argue so here's look, here wrap, wrapping all this movie business up. We have other shit to get to. Um, you say DC doesn't take chances. Why does Marvel take chances? Because they made a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah, Marvel's afraid. To, yeah, Marvel's afraid to do anything out of their regular lineup. With DC, you get a movie like Watchmen. They let Zack Snyder go out and make the movie he wants to make. They let Chris Nolan make the movie he wants to make. Edgar Wright left Ant-Man because Marvel was like, no, sir, you need to do this the way we want in the proven formula that is not risk-taking whatsoever. DC lets creators take control of their properties, go out, make whatever movie they want, and those are the real risks that are being taken. Immediately, it's, where's Wonder Woman? Where's the Wonder Woman movie? Well, where's the Black Widow movie? She's a proven character with a proven actress that everyone loves. She was no, it'll, it's, it's in it's in production. Way. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a Black way. Widow movie. Where's the Storm movie? A Where's Black the Widow Misty Knight movie? Where's even the Black Widow. Panther movie? It's oh, That's it's done. in it's in production. Okay. It's in production. Well, Wonder Woman's been in production for a long time. So Marvel also so doesn't really take filming any Wonder fucking Woman chances right with any ancillary characters. Hey, strong super white guy, he's gonna do great. Who's the lead of Guardians? Super strong white guy. Super strongness, perhaps to the side. But Marvel doesn't oh, no, take any real chances guy. either. There's a green girl and a blue guy. The biggest idiot amongst them. And what it, what it comes down to, you're like, oh, look at all these great Marvel movies for the last ten years. Well, look at all the shitty Marvel movies from the last so many years. You could start all the way with Captain America, The Punisher, Punisher Warzone, you, The Other Punisher. When you break it down from the Fantastic very beginning... Four. The percentage of good movies to bad movies from Marvel and DC are roughly 50%. Going back to the... Doctor Strange. Going back all, <laughs> going back all the way before yes. Christopher Reeve's first Superman. 
Marvel makes just as many bad movies as DC does. It's just they make more of them. But it's roughly 50% for both companies from critically acclaimed fan-loved movies. And that's not just me being subjective. I would count Superman Returns as a pretty good movie, but it gets panned. So, you know, Marvel has its fair share of stinkers, too. It's just, they, their quantity is so much. All you get is the Guardians, the Iron Man, the Avengers. So, that's what you remember. Okay, let's wrap this up and take our break. I'd like to say Black Panther is going to be in production. Doctor Strange is coming. You're going to have a whole bunch of stuff like that. Now, see... The Mysterious in production. Oh! Ooh. Mysterious, like they got a script already. But anyway... They had it for Wonder Woman 2 so, with Joss Whedon. So, and Superman uh, Lives... So anyway, usually Steel. at the McSauce Podcast, it's about the time when the pizza comes. We don't got pizza, but we got beer and cigarettes to smoke. So we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Smoke some beer. Smoke some beer. I told you, I gave you Doctor Strange. Um, okay. I have on VHS. <laughs> I have it. It's actually... Has Jessica Walters and Archer in it? No. No. Mallory. Mother. Mother. Aren't you supposed to be the herder of the squirrels? Not the squirrels. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Back on focus. No, who's the lead squirrel? Right. Okay. So our last two topics are animation TV and X-Factor merchandise. Uh, starting with animation, we are going to go to the Mixos team. Ian Sharpley, go! Um, the, our leader, our fearless leader. Uh. <laughs> you said he wasn't the leader last time. Now it's sarcasm. And now he's going to hear this for a long time. With Here. animation, I think that there's no better place to start in the DC Universe than Batman the Animated Series, 1992... Series that pulled from the iconic Batman film, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton film. It used a lot of the elements from that, but as well as they brought their own vision of what Gotham City should be. A series that made me start reading comic books. There you go. Made a fan right there. First person testimonial. (laughs) It had an undeniably distinct style of animation from Bruce Timm. Uh, great writing from Paul Dini. 
writing that was so great that they brought over a character that was created in the animated series, Harley Quinn, into the DC Universe proper. Um, something that I'm not sure Marvel has ever created a new character in ever, any of its ever. animated series <laughs> properties. Um, you guys talked about DC doesn't take risks. Um, there are some risks, risks taken with the animated series. It's extremely dark. I believe that the pilot, pilot aired at 9 o'clock at night on Fox, a, a cartoon at that time. Maybe The Simpsons were on. I think, but animation wasn't really a stable of primetime television. That was something that uh, was targeted for children and adults. I think that's why people really, uh, you could watch it with your kids and enjoy Batman the Animated Series. They took risks with a different style of animation where they painted the backgrounds on black paper instead of the white paper. It gave it a really dark, moody style, really brought Gotham and, and, and made it into its own entity with using that, uh, having that choice. And, of course, I mentioned that it pulled keys from the movie. Danny Elfman's iconic score is featured at the beginning of each episode. So that's, that's something. Score, not soundtracks. Score. Right, Tim? Just saying. Score. Uh, DC has gone through the years and had... Um, a whole host of animation hits. Super Friends is something that's beloved by everybody, I think. Um, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited took its cues from the Bruce Timm universe and just added on, as well as the new adventures of Superman. Um, even more recently, the Green Lantern animated series is something that uh, was critically acclaimed but didn't sell enough toys coming off of the Green Lantern movie, but still a really quality piece of animation. Uh, the New Frontier, another adaptation of DC's extremely quality storylines that they it feels like DC can pull from any, any era and pull out a really uh, excellent, iconic storyline. Batman the Dark Knight, a two-part straight-to-DVD um, epic that came out a few years ago. And um, I, I really I really don't have anything else to say. Hits upon hits upon hits. I could have stopped at Batman the Animated Series, but I'll let you guys go. Now, one of my biggest things with the whole DC Animated Universe. Yes, applause. Show-offs. <laughs> <laughs> Batman the Animated Series might have been wonderful. However, let me might adjust. Have. Let might me have speculation. This off. Adventures of Batman, Adventures of Batman and Robin. Batman the Animated Series, Batman the Brave and the Bold, Batman, just Batman. Batman Beyond, Batman and the Batman and Tarzan Hour. <laughs> My favorite. Excellent. Beware of Batman and, and as the kicker, these are two separate animated series here. New Adventures of Batman and New Batman Adventures. They went through this so many times. So many times that they rehashed their characters in an animated world that by the time they actually got to that prime time slot, they knew what worked and what didn't. They trial and errored that shit until they knew how to make sure it would work. 
Yeah, they might have taken a little bit of risks with the art style. That was definitely new. But they already knew what plot points to stick to, which ones to discard. They knew what kind of characters would appeal. They were able to create characters based off of what fans already reacted well to and what they reacted poorly to. The thing that DC does well with their animated universe is they keep trying it until they get it right. Marvel, on the other hand, they managed to do a lot more unique animations. They managed to actually only rehash things maybe once or twice about ten years later. Um, let me see, the one that they did the most was Fantastic Four. They have four titles under Fantastic Four. However, they were 67, 78, 96, and then 2006. They let a decade pass in between each one, so they were reaching out to a new audience each time. Um, their Incredible Hulk, also, they did one in 82, they did one in 92, again, reaching out to a new generation. They didn't sit there and keep trying to market the same characters until they figured out how to make the characters stick. Um, currently, they have uh, more modern ones, the Marvel Superhero series, where they actually do 12-part episodes, each one revolving around a different superhero, five different superheroes that they go through, kind of like a uh, run of a comic book. <coughs> They're trying to do things that are a little bit more in style with the roots of their universe, and they're trying to speak out to people without sitting there and being like, oh, you liked this last time? Well, let me get rid of the parts you didn't like so you like it more when I feed you the same damn spaghetti every fucking night of the week because my mother doesn't know how to cook. Who doesn't like spaghetti? <laughs> 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 I don't Do we rebut so, now? What, what are you rebuttal? rebuttal? Um, thank you for the history lesson on Marvel Animation, which, <laughs> frankly, oh! frankly, I needed because I don't know half of the shows that you were even talking about, which probably speaks to the quality and the, the <clears throat> impact that they had being a comic book fan, um, whereas we all know Batman the Animated Series. I don't really care how it got there because, frankly, it was a game changer, and it's it's the ultimate animated series. Um, and, and some of the other ones that Paul or that Ian mentioned, um, the Superman animated series, the green lantern one, those are all of the highest quality and, um, how they got there really isn't relevant. I don't care. I don't think it matters. What matters is how good was it? And they were all excellent. Paul, do I don't even remember Batman and Tarzan, but nobody does. Yeah, yeah, you know, DC may have gone through a lot of iterations trying to get it right, but isn't that isn't that how you become good? You fail and fail until you get the right stuff out there. Like that's the model. That's the model for everyone trying to make trying to make something good. No one ever gets it right the first time out of the gate. So yeah, I hope DC continues to do. You know continues to try different things in order to give me the best animated series ever. In the same way that Marvel puts its movies out, DC does the same thing with its animation. Marvel has no animated series. Spectacular Spider-Man was pretty good. X-Men was good. 90s X-Men was good. X-Men is probably... X-Men is probably their high water. Xbox's turn. 
X-Men's probably their high watermark. Other than that, you know, Spider-Man and his, and his amazing friends. It was fine. Uh, the current Ultimate no, no, Spider-Man... You can't bring up Justice or Super Friends and then roll your eyes and... and I'm, I'm not a supporter of Super Friends. Super Friends uh, is in that weird category that people love it for being bad, like Batman 66, which is still garbage. <laughs> I don't care if it's fucking retro now. It's still garbage. But, like, Marvel Marvel just doesn't have any iconic series. And I think that's that's our point. My, uh... If I could make a point... The thing is, Batman the Animated Series came off the heels of Tim Burton's Batman movie. Okay, so they, they hit. They put lightning in a bottle. They got lightning in a bottle. I'm going to give you that. Well, I mean, they, but they, then they, they, they expanded on that point. It wasn't... Hey, hey if I'm not allowed to interact on the movies... Just because you're the leader. If you look... In, yeah, you're not our leader, buddy. Uh, no, but if you look at a lot of, or most of Marvel stuff, you're right. The stuff they're putting out now, they're trying to play catch-up in the way that DC is trying to play catch-up with the movies. But if you look at when they were popular, when kids were actually watching them, two points. Number one, they were kind of placeholders before movies happened to get people interested in the comic books. And uh, number two, I forget what my second point was. Wait, um, <laughs> Back to us, back to us. And, and no, no, number two, and number two, you brought up how they canceled the Green Lantern series, which I actually enjoyed because it wasn't selling enough toys. Most of the Marvel series that you're like, I don't even remember this. <laughs> One of the reasons you don't is because they didn't care about selling toys. They cared about making a quality animated program for kids, which they did. And one last thing, you talk about Harley Quinn. We had Herbie the Robot that was in the Fantastic Four animated series that also crossed over to the comics. <laughs> that's so, a, that's true. We Marvel, we win. Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> okay. I think you Real quick. Oh, I was just oh, going to say, yeah. We're, we're, uh, oh, yeah, you guys go out. Okay, we'll finish up in the All right, real yeah. quick. Uh, which one of you just insulted Batman 66? Paul McGinnis. TV is next. Hold on to that. Me. Hold okay. your anger. Okay. <laughs> just clarifying which one of you. Huh? <laughs> Should we hide the sharp one? Yes, please Sorry. do. Someone grab the banner. Do you have anything to add? No. No? Okay. I want to have a Michael Jackson style knife fight outside. Um, You're going to make one comment. May I make one comment? Yes. You were were talking about Marvel animated series not selling any toys. What about motherfucking G.I. Joe? G.I. Joe was a Marvel comic before it was an animated series, before it was a Hasbro toy. Uh, yeah, no. that's that's true. Sold a lot of toys. Oh, really so, great. No. It was a Hasbro sorry, toy I first. More GI Joe's yeah, than Barbies. It was set. It was fine. GI Joe is great. It was a great <laughs> show. <laughs> great comic book as well. <laughs> you you mentioned that they uh, caught sure. lightning in the bottle with. Oh God. Shipwreck was my favorite. He's everybody's <laughs> favorite, right? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that they caught lightning in the bottle with piggybacking onto the Batman movie. I mean, they, they had some of the themes, but Batman wasn't represented the same way as he was in the Tim Burton universe. They changed a whole lot of things. Sure, it came after the movie, but it created a completely new and original universe that then was taken on and expanded into the Justice League and then Justice League Unlimited. But people gave it a chance because of the Burton movie. That's why they put it on 9 o'clock on Fox. Is to get the grown-ups that watch the movies. I don't yeah, know. Could, could have been. It's the same chance that they gave 
Agents of Shield because people went to the theaters to see Captain America and the Avengers. So, oh, we're, we're getting to that next yeah. round. Yeah, um, you mentioned that it was before the movies happened. It, it was before the Marvel movies happened. DC was making Superman and Batman at that time, so they had films out there. Uh, superhero movies were a thing; they just weren't a thing that Marvel did. And DC also currently has a great direct-to-DVD system that has the the Red Hood. They they take a look at some of the classic DC. I, I mentioned that before, but yeah. Some of the classic DC storylines, like The Dark Knight Returns, Red Hood, um, Superman, Apocalypse, Spill Red Bull, all those things. <laughs> so that's all I have. <laughs> oh, and they're making a Guardians, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy animated series. I did see that. Because it isn't here yet, but... That's going to be pretty Are there any other Marvel animations? This is your chance to name any other ones besides the Fantastic Four and X-Men. Are there any other good ones? I think Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man always has the best memes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Memes isn't in a category. No DC memes? I challenge that with the Skeletor memes. Sad Batman meme, right? Right? I'll give you the Spider-Man meme. Sad Batman. I don't think that's what The Batman meme doesn't generally have to do with child abuse, so we're not going to. Okay, guys. He just made a point for you, so we're even. Okay. We're listening. We're cleaning up the spill. This is the second time you've made a mess of our shots. I only made a little mess. It wasn't that bad. McSauce hasn't spilled anything. Have we have we beaten animation on the ground thoroughly? Yes, double yes. wins. That's okay. Um, uh, just a point of clarification for TV: Are we talking TV shows, or are we going to add TV movies in there as well? Pretty much TV shows. Television. If you're premiered on television, that's what we're doing. All right. Ground that. Um, this is are you sure? Justice League, Captain America, Daredevil, Spider Man. We win. Okay. Hulk and Thor. Save it for the ring, people. Okay. Thor was in a Hulk movie. So it was good. Who's side are you? Yeah, but he was... He's on both of our sides. Can I just... Okay, here's... They have their good points, and then they have their sucky points. So I'm kind of like, just kind of interested right now. But you keep using the sucky parts. I mean, seriously. The worst of it. You guys just don't know the worst of it. Not bringing it up, either of you. That's um, the point of a debate. Okay. You wait for the other team to bring up the bad shit. <laughs> and hope they didn't notice it. Okay. TV then. And then we're going to start with the nerd exchange. Just taking TV. Huh? Oh, shit. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you not decide that. Batman was amazing. I would just like to say for the record... Not only did I decide what order these would go in and who would start, I also, this entire format was my idea, so fuck me. Uh, so, Team B, I'm going to make a debate about how Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Which show is that? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Tim, which channel is that on? It's on the Porno Network. Okay. 
Channel. Oh, okay. Can I finish? Can I finish? Why Marvel is better at TV. Now, here's the thing, because I would like to bring up Daredevil, which everybody who is involved with it, all the buzz is that it's great. Spin those wheels, Sonny Jim. And Power Man and Jessica Jones and all that, but I can't because it isn't out yet. Just the same way you guys couldn't bring up uh, uh, Batman and Superman because it's not out yet. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and this goes back to my other, some of our other points of it's all one universe. The fact that even though you have two or three movie Marvel movies a year and long stretches, because after Guardians of the Galaxy, we don't have another Marvel movie property until May. Avengers 2, which comes out in May, I believe, May 15th. So what's great about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is everything can be incorporated in and out of the movies. And you saw that with how they incorporated the end of Winter Soldier into the show. And what's great about it is you got that artifact thing, that 084, that basically is going to be the thing that makes Inhumans, which is going to allow Marvel to bring mutants into their little pocket of the universe, since Sony owns this and this owns that. So, and, uh, and the DC shows, although they're good, though they're quality, quality shows, the fact that they are connected is confusing to a lot of viewers, to a lot of normal people. If you're a dummy. Who don't get that Gotham isn't connecting with Arrow and the Flash, but there's Arrow and the Flash, but there's also going to be a Flash in the Arrow in the movies, but they're going to be different Flashes and Arrows, because now we're going to say this is an alternate view for that. Oh no, we've got to reboot our entire movie franchises. Those never happen. And that's my point. Thank you. (laughs) Big sauce? So... Marvel's wonderful, robust TV history is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which wouldn't even exist if the movies didn't do that well and they had an actor that people liked enough and wasn't big enough to come back to TV to make that a successful series. Yeah, they, they did do that because that's that was their only course of action. They're not trying... The last successful TV series Marvel had was The Incredible Hulk. Marvel doesn't do shit on TV. Now they're they're full of themselves. You know they've got some vim and vigor. We're doing Daredevil. We're doing Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and I'm gonna get Netflix just to watch those series. And I'm sure they're gonna be good because the Marvel brand knows how to make good things. Television, still a question mark, but DC has done a shit ton of good television series for throughout the entire. Name sixteen. Name 16? I could name you 17, son. Bring it! Even back to George Reeves' Superman series. We're all too young to know it. Back then, that was big shit. You are, you are, Tim. You're a, you're a virile, what, 30? God bless you, son. Someone's getting late tonight. The Batman The Batman 66 series, I don't personally like it, but everyone loves that shit. Smallville, 
Smallville, Clark, Shenanigans. It was on for ten seasons. Someone liked that show. So was Knox Landon. What? Which is not a Marvel property. <laughs> but if you want to roll that into Marvel, go ahead. Because we get Fantasy Island. <laughs> and oh, chips. We get Love Boat. Fuck you. Fuck you, Love Boat. And Marvel wins. Yes, what? Yes. So, DC has had... DC has had... A, they've... Maybe they might come in short in the movie side of things, but DC's been doing... Successful TV series for their entire publication history, pretty much. Uh, the Flash, the one season of the Flash show in the early '90s, heralded by fans and critics, though it only lasted for one season. And DC's even ballsy enough to go do stuff like Human Target, which was a really good two seasons that nobody watched. But with Smallville, Arrow, Gotham, and Flash are off to a good start. The Birds of Prey series lasted a season. I think people like it, but DC has a robust television history and they're not afraid to put stuff out there and do different things marvel only has one two good shows one of them only because the movies did well if the movies yeah. didn't do well we wouldn't be watching agents of shield every tuesday night at nine but they did <laughs> and that's my final point for television okay do you get a rebut now yes we rebut and then they rebut this is uh yes Loose format. Did you yeah, it's being looser by the minute. Batman 66? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched I'll the surfing watch episode part. today. Sure it was amazing. Surfing. If it's still there. You're a liar. No, I did. I watched the surfing episode today. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I kind of want to argue that this fangirl as a fangirl who was the lead actor of Smallville. Tom Welling. Okay, he was an Adonis. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, the reason that people like Smallville it wasn't because this because of Superman or the plot or anything. It was because Superman was plot. So as far as Marvel or DC, it's matter, it doesn't matter where any of them go. If they pick the right actor for the role, they're going to be loved for it. Tom Welling was a bad actor, and it still lasted ten because seasons. Because he was plot. He had. He was pretty, so the girls watched. That's why I watched. And and Hogan Daniels. This isn't going to speak well for our side, but like for the Avengers, as far as that went, like I thought that was a beautiful movie. I thought the story was well written. I thought it was. Amazing. Is this a TV show? No, as far as the movie goes. I'm not listening. As far as the movie goes. Uh, okay, uh, we're up. We're out of movies. The actors: R. D. J. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Evans, everybody. It was there was more eye candy. You're gonna get more girls around that. The better it's gonna be. Two point deduction. <coughs> movies and TV. Expounding upon her point, that is very much true about the movie universe. And however, who the hell is hot in Agents of Shield? Because Agent oh, Agent Ward. <laughs> Agent Ward. Ward's totally hot. Ward's totally hot. That's from the audience. Okay, yeah, I don't see it. I really don't see it. Because, 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 because I love that we have devolved into who is hot on Agents of Shield. No, because my point about this is I come I come back to that show because I love Coulson. I love the idea of Coulson in a lead position as opposed to being, you know, the guy I like him in the lead position too. Sorry, I shouldn't have left. I love Fitzsimmons. Like, Fitz and Simmons are fucking phenomenal. Neither one of those are what you would consider to do. not going to lie. I'm like, I'm already going to win. He's adorable. He's not hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, he's not like a kind of way. 
And his, in his defense, he hasn't taken the shirt off yet. I mean, that doesn't matter. So you never know. Sad enough. Okay. But the thing is, you've got all these DC properties where they're relying on the beauty of their leading roles to eventually evolve into possibly a possible plot, whereas Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is starting off where the only recognizable names in it are not the hot ones. You get to, maybe, yeah, there is a little bit of eye candy here and there, but that is not what they are counting on drawing the initial viewers. Because Adam West is such a hunk. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you bite your whore tongue. <laughs> Who doesn't love a beer belly, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Disqualified. Put beer on the table. Take the beer off the table. Yeah, yeah. I was sorry, man. Are we done with TV? Or yeah, yeah. Big yeah. one. Easy wins TV. Shut up. Next. Woo! It's not because they made a better argument. It's just because... Sexier actors. Because of sexier actors. 64 does have Pow and Kerblam. Okay. Oh... We'll get into that later. I'm going to clear the floor in a minute here. He's going to kick you out of that Pittsburgh. Well, I was actually going to fart on them, but okay. Um, okay, so, last thing. Uh, X-Factor and merchandise. Uh, okay, and this one is, we are starting off with mixed sauce. So, what makes DC's X-Factor merchandise better than Marvel's? What did they have? Well, I think with the merchandise, it's kind of a wash. You go to the Toys R Us or Target, you're going to find just as many Iron Man lunchboxes as you're going to find Batman things. So the merchandise, a little bit of a wash. I think that the X Factor for DC, and we mentioned it before, it's sort of a theme, is that you start off reading comic books and you're a Marvel fan because it's fun and it's silly. It's a little bit for kids, but then you finally graduate to more sophisticated themes with DC. You can recommend DC comic books to almost anyone. You can find something that somebody's going to like, be it Why the Last Man, Preacher, the critically acclaimed Sandman, these fables, American Vampire. I could go on and on and on, but these are books that are... Something that you can talk to almost anybody about and say, I know you don't like superheroes and superpowers and capes and tights, but this is something that you might like. And Marvel, honestly, doesn't have anything that's even comparable to that. Um, So, yeah, that's what I think the diversity of DC's lineup. Even in the DC universe proper, with its magic and its cosmic properties. Westerns. In Westerns as war, well. War comics. And, and it's war comics. Mm, war. Something fantasy, fantasy comics. Horror comics. And horror it's fantasy comics. and it's horror comics. Or something that Marvel shies away from. Kind of just street level. Maybe a little cosmic here and there. Now that Guardians is pretty popular. But it's a narrow road that you have to travel with Marvel. Graduate and go to DC. Read some more sophisticated stuff. I have to say this. That's the direct opposite of the point you made about when we were talking about comic books. Is it? Yes. Yes. Is it? It's directly opposite of what yeah. you said about how DC is more for kids. And then you did I say you didn't say that? We didn't did I say see that. D- I never said DC is more for kids. Marvel's more for kids with that infinity well, stuff. I, ne- I never said DC is more for kids. Anywho, 
ladies and gentlemen. So I was walking around um, Walmart the other day, and I did a little head count. We got the uh, section right there where they have all the t-shirts, where they got the pictures up, and uh, you can see what t-shirts they have available. They have like you know, kind of silly crap. So, and they got the superhero tees. And uh, head count. DC had four. Four t-shirts available. Of those four t-shirts available at Walmart, three were Batman. Promoter, most popular hero. Makes sense. Fourteen different Marvel characters available on different t-shirts. Two different Deadpool, who technically has only had kind of one movie appearance. Marvel, their characters, their B-list, their C-list, their D-list characters are on the rise. Now, let's face it. Superman, Batman, always going to be top sellers. No argument. Everyone knows them. Everyone has memories of them. Marvel has elevated their characters who no one knew about 10 years ago to A-list celebrities. Everyone knows who Iron Man is. Everyone knows who Thor is. Everyone knows who... Captain America, back again. And for crying out loud, everyone knows who a rocket raccoon is in a talking freaking tree toy. What the most- fuck? Is it time to wake up, buddy? Time to take medicine. The most anticipated toy of this upcoming um, Christmas season is Tickle me Groot. On a trade. Right? Rebuttal? Go, go, go get him. You can each take your turn on this one. And no, actually, he started. The, no, so it's the. So you guys go? Okay. Fantastic. So, Julia, you're next after you. After you guys go. Anything you? Okay, I would just like to point out the fact that as of September 29th, DC decided it would be a good idea somehow to release these shirts. Um, Training to be Batman's wife. Um, Shit. Superman does it again while he's, you know, kind of getting all up on Wonder Woman's He's a player! Yeah, but what the hell is this supposed to be to the women who are trying to find a positive role model? What the hell is this supposed to be to women who always end up getting pushed to the side, right? and you are the one in the cat suit with the fucking tits and ass hanging out. You're the one who has to be showing off her body in the poster while everybody else is showing off their weaponry. This is yet another thing DC is doing that is just making it so that, yes, this is a boys' club. Uh-oh. And I'm sorry. This is not just a boys' club. There are messages in both Marvel and DC no, no, that are meant for both male and female viewers. So why the hell are you going to try to make it so that half of your viewing art audience is going to feel like they're getting pushed aside and they are just the objects. That's a great point. 
Oh, go. All right, so as far as this one goes, I'm going to have to add, as far as the, you know, merchandise of Bill Marvel is being for kids, I don't know if you see that as a bad thing, because I have a six-year-old nephew who loves the fucking Marvel and DC movies that, you know, his main movies right now are the Spider-Man Web Blaster and the Hulk hands punch things and shit like that, and I think gearing it towards children, that's an awesome way to actually get people into that. Um... You know, I mean, I've had all the battles and with that being the shit out of him, but as far as that goes, <laughs> not much. You just admitted to being the shit out of your fucking you He was four, he didn't have that much time. <laughs> I actually had a point about merchandising. Is this your second turn, Tim? Marvel, uh, Tim, but, uh, moderator, second moderator. Turn? What? I'm sorry. Does he go again? Uh, no. Is this your second turn? Rebuttal. Thank you. So, DC's t-shirt insensitivity was pretty similar to Marvel's Spider-Woman cover insensitivity. And in that both companies do fucked up shit regarding women and diversity. And the Spider Woman cover made a lot more waves than the DC T-shirts. Oh no! Because the you need to look, you need to look at Huffington Post, brother. Oh, Huffington <laughs> Schmuffington. That's what all people read about comic book news, dude. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure that the Spider Woman butt cheeks thing was featured on there as well. Oh, it was there too. Yeah, and and it was there first as well. No, we're not we're not debating which one was worse culturally. The point is, both companies suck when it comes to that stuff. They're trying to rectify it. There's a huge push in more diverse characters, more female characters. But every so often, something like the T-shirts comes up, something like the Spider-Woman butt cheeks comes up. They always screw shit up. They always find a way to fuck themselves. Both companies. But at the same time, Marvel's in the super marketing push they're out there with movies and merchandise. They're throwing all of their newfound Disney money at merchandise. DC's still able to not have a movie twice a year and still have some of the most recognizable loved brands on the planet. You can go out and get your Groot PJ pants. You can get your Rocket Raccoon Snuggie. Hey, don't but, you just buy Rocket Raccoon Snuggie. But you're still going to find Batman, Superman... Wonder Woman merchandise. You're even going to find Green Lantern and Flash merchandise. So, like, DC... DC has built a strong enough brand that they're capable of putting out just as much merchandise as Marvel without being a constant media presence in your face all the time. And another thing Marvel does is... Well, they're really good at working the headline. You think Marvel didn't know what they were doing when they released that Spider-Woman cover? They absolutely knew. They hired Milo Manara for that cover. He draws dirty shit. He draws penthouse cartoons. They know what he's doing. And they were like, you know what? Go nuts. This is going to be great for the headlines. Meanwhile, DC sits back. Yeah, yeah, we're number two. But we're not going to show you Spider-Woman's asshole. Next. That's why DC loses. So, correct. Meeting adjourned. You mentioned uh, A-listers like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. Great, you named the Avengers. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't name Spider-Man or the X-Men, but I think the true A-listers in the comic book world are Batman and Superman and Everybody else comes up short of that. 
Um, like Paul said, you don't need the constant reminder who's who. Uh, in my opinion, Spider-Man is even losing popularity with the poor performance of the movies lately. Um, you know, these these uh, DC characters have iconic uh, looks to them. They have iconic symbols on their chest that people in Marvel don't have. Like, sh- what, what is Thor's logo? The hammer? The hair. Pretty hammer. hair. Pretty hair. Oh, he's hot. Yeah, he's hot. Chris Hemsworth. What is Iron Man's yeah, logo? A glowing circle? A shot yeah. glass. Yeah. 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 He fucking made that shit. And, and it's also uh, funny to me because I'm pretty sure we all know that once Robert Downey Jr. quits being Iron Man, Iron Man's not going to be an A-lister. He has an expiration date, and it's not that far away because I don't think he's even signed on for an Iron Man 4. I think he's going to do, what, Avengers 2? No, maybe Avengers 3. That's not being confirmed. Listen to Dominic. What did Dominic say? Avengers 3. I'm sorry. So, um, whereas uh, DC has iconic, long-lasting symbols that are recognized all over the world, Uh, a glowing circle, if I showed it to my dad or even somebody younger, they're going to be like, what the fuck is that? But if I show them the bat symbol, oh, Batman. So I think that DC characters have permeated just world culture versus anything that Marvel has done. Um, quick point before I give it over to her uh, for a point. The thing about, you say, once Robert Downey Jr. leaves, he's not going to be A-list. Robert Downey Jr. wasn't A-list before Iron Man. He was a fucking junkie. No, he Iron- said dude, 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 no, you're missing my point. You missed my point. You missed my point. Iron Man is an A-lister because of Robert Downey Jr. No, no, but that's what he was saying, was that he wasn't the A-list before actually Marvel. No, he was talking about the actor. We're talking about the character. We're talking about the character. Right. No, he wasn't. It was the writing of the movie and Robert Downey Jr., but the thing is, it it fed off each other. So I thought you were trying to say that if it weren't for Robert Downey Jr., that movie never would have worked. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And you're wrong. I couldn't be more right. But yeah, no, we're saying that is that Marvel actually would be in Robert Downey Jr. as an actor. Yeah. I, I think I think it was I a symbiotic they thing. They helped each other. I think it was there just no, bang bang. There's no doubt that Robert Downey Jr. Seriously. brought what Robert Downey Jr. brings to movies. Come on, he's very similar in all of his roles in terms of that oh, smarmy. Totally, it was just it happened to be like they happened to match up. It was great casting. It was great casting, but who's going to be Iron Man when he... That's one thing that Marvel actually really has downright. Who is going to be Iron Man when he hangs it up? I couldn't imagine a better rival. Exactly. Nobody. Nobody. Iron Man's going to go away because everybody's going to say, oh, well, that's not Robert Downey Jr. I don't like it. Right now where Marvel is leading is we have name brand actors. We have Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. We have... 
you know, Chris Evans, Captain America. We have Chris Hemsworth, who's Thor. We have ben, so once those ben actors Affleck? actually uh, going, it really is going to happen. Oh, Sam Affleck! Affleck came back with. It's really going to yeah. happen. Ben Affleck. Really is, have you seen Gone Girl? I'm Excellent really movie. Honest with Marvel, you're really going to have to. Since we already have such high expectations for Marvel to begin with, you're really going to have to step up their, their writing game. Is where when they get these actors curved, they're really going to the whole section. So, what I'm hearing is the Marvel table keeps going back to the movies because that's all Marvel has to hang their hat on. I'm saying subject to And we're talking entire companies. We're talking about the X Factor. And, and not only that, I think we established that DC has the better movies. No. Uh, wait a minute. What room were you in? Anyway. Where? I missed this. You guys are falling back on the guy from Jersey Girl in Chile? Oh, is that how you pronounce it? Our more recent things, I mean, we could go back 10 years and pull up Geely or We're whatever. We're not debating it, Affleck. But Argo, Gone <laughs> Girl, yeah. The Town, excellent yeah. actor. And, and We're his, arguing about Affleck here. Exactly. And you guys, and you guys are going to be super excited whenever he's Batman. You go and flock to the theater to see him. And he... So if Ben Affleck is so shitty, then he was in your beloved Daredevil, wasn't he? No, it wasn't his fault. Oh, oh, that's super convenient. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he needed the money. Okay. Oh, actually, you need to help it with that Um, Yeah, that's... that's, 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 that's oh, wait, wait, oh, no. Wait, 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 no, no, it's only one. It's... Let me, wait, wait. Let me, let me. Okay. So anyway, before you go back to Sean, that's the debate, kids. What do you think? Let us know on our respective websites and whatnot. Uh, we'll get back to Sean, and then we actually do have a small audience here. If anybody has any questions about specific things that we talked about, they might want us to clarify them about. Um, do we really need to make closing statements? We like Marvel better. They like DC better. I'm sorry. Oh, he has a statement. Kyle has statements. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all of you out there, this was all in good fun. Yes, yes. I love DC. I love Batman, I love Superman, I love Green Lantern, and this entire argument, we could have actually switched this. We really could have. We, you guys could have done Marvel, and we could have done DC, because there are so many good points to make on either side. In full disclosure, me and Matt are huge Marvel fans. I hate We're, Marvel. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I hate their guts. That's the way I hate them, guys. At, at one wow. point, you will not be seeing this gentleman in future episodes due to that statement in the Batman 68 statement. Anyhow, we've all had a bunch of fun tonight. We've all, I think this is the best episode we've ever done this podcast, to be honest with you. And to Tim. That's great. Uh, and just for the record, after Avengers. Comics, Green Lantern is what I have most of my collection. And then after that, Spider-Man. So I do appreciate a lot of DC, too. But uh, do you guys want to make any closing statements, or should we just go to Q&A? No, I mean, it, was, it was a ton of fun doing this with you guys. We really appreciate you guys having us out. And, and again, you know, we're huge Marvel fans. Some of the points that you brought up, wow, insane. Back <laughs> <laughs> at you. We're still, we're still, uh, still fun to debate. So again, thank you for having us out. May I just make one oh. ten-second statement? Yes. One sentence. Sure. One single <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I would just like to thank you guys for not mentioning Howard the Duck. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
you guys missed that. Okay. Um, okay, well, score. Do you want to like how you want to score it? Score I still like score it. Well, in a sense, yes. I score it in a sense. Oh, no. Okay, um, here we go. So, uh... So if we lost, uh, we lost to the sense. Everyone, everyone gets a prize. So, sort of. Uh, so, uh, Tim. Yes, Tim won a uh, Miss Congeniality for tonight. Uh, Kyle, Kyle won the talent portion uh, for his dancing. Um, Dina won evening wear. Yeah! Um, and uh, Julia won most likely to be married in a graveyard. <laughs> And on the south side, it was really close uh, between Paul and Matt, but uh, eventually Matt came out ahead with best hair. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? I will flip this table and burn it down. However, Paul won his swimsuit. I'll take it. Swimsuit. I'll take it. You know, I I have to say, winning best hair in a room mostly with bald guys isn't that (laughs) impressive of a a win. But anyway, his floating locks over there. That's true. Um, and Ian won for a uh, lookalike uh, for his resemblance to Robert Downey Jr. All right. Oh, I beat you on the fire. The two teams as a team. Um, the Nerd Exchange won spillingest team. Of the <laughs> Seven for one. And um, McSauce won neatest table. Oh. Overall, between so the battle of the... But they're neat and all stuff. OCD for life. Highest level of alcoholism. I mean, But overall, in the uh, in the Marvel versus DC battle, uh, I have to fall down on the side of Valiant Comics. Thank you so So anyway, right. okay. you guys have any questions? Or questions, comments? No, no. I was going to comment. You guys were saying you guys have Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans and all your team on Marvel. Who were they before they became those those classic Marvel actors? Nobody. It doesn't matter. They're getting it on their uh, uh, on their writing and stuff. Is so what you're saying is they became great actors because of Marvel. Yeah. Well, they were good actors, but people know who they are now and started getting work because they were in these movies. Look, Chris Hemsworth hair became great because of Marvel. Oh Chris Hemsworth Keep this in mind too. Whenever you see Chris Hemsworth, he's like six nine, and Chris Evans is like five ten. So anytime you see them in a scene... There's a milk crate. There's either a milk crate or somebody dug a hole. Because <laughs> this, here's, here's Chris Hemsworth. And here's... Tim, horrible radio, Tim. The same exact situation arises whenever me and Tim have to be on film together. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I have a question. You're a short man, I'm sorry. Uh, how can anyone <laughs> run up uh, Adrian Pilecki's uh, Wonder Woman? The... Why did anyone bring that up? Uh, because, oh, I mean, it didn't actually happen, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah. we saw pictures of the outfit, and that's about it. Yeah, and I did not think it was a point against them. I thought it could have been worked into an actual series. Like, like. Yeah, they give up on that too quick. So many things, like, these guys brought up. I was like, so fearful. Oh, man, I'm going to bring up the crap I don't want them to bring up. And that was one. Like, I thought that was a point on your side, the Wonder Woman uh, pilot. But anyway, yeah. was that, any questions from the audience? Uh, that was it. Yeah. I actually right. see one of these uh, with uh, parody comics. Oh, dear okay. God. That would be so oh, much yeah. fun. Yeah. We win. We got Deadpool. You'll, you got um, Ambush Club. <laughs> I got Captain Carrot. And Lobo. And if anybody's wondering, oh yeah, parody yeah. comics. Yeah. 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 And if anybody's wondering, I use the product is demented uh, <laughs> by Beyond the Zone. Six ninety nine at Sally's. Yes, I am a card carrying member. That was exhausting. Am I the only one that's exhausted? Woo! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm spent. I'm sweating my balls off. I have swamp ass. That's how it goes. That's that's what kind of deep-rooted DC love we brought to the table tonight. We think it came through in the recording. We hope you, the fans, also think it came through. Let us know, various media, what you thought, who won, if you liked it, if you didn't like it. Ian, anything to add? We'll have a poll on Facebook. Go to the McSauce Facebook fan page and weigh in. Let us know. The Nerd Exchange or McSauce? Marvel or DC? Good or dumb? <laughs> who, who won? That's not unbiased. I didn't say who was good and who was dumb. I just said. And let us know how good Matt's hair really is. Yeah, let me know how it comes across in the uh, audio recording. Does it come off douchey or genuine? <laughs> and again, once again, thank you to the Nerd Exchange, Hack Pittsburgh, the Geekery, for putting this on and letting us uh, debate and having an overall good time. And you're welcome for two McSauce episodes this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. And Adrian, thanks for laughing your ass off at my joke <laughs> at the end. That made me feel funny. 